I'm Kylie, founder of Akanel Expeditions, the best adventure travel company that you've never heard of. This is a 35,000 feet podcast where we interview interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. From the next big CEO to coaches of your favorite teams to everyone in between, we've got stories to tell. Let's jump in. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Dakota and today I'm here with Stephanie who traveled with us on our casting call to Mount Kilimanjaro. Thanks for being with us, Stephanie. Hey Dakota, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. We're excited to discuss your adventure and any future ventures that you have coming up. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm a management consultant based on the East Coast. And so I do a lot of travel, but as with, you know, this type of work, it is a work hard, play hard mentality. So generally when I take my trips, I like to make sure I can totally disconnect. And going to Africa and specifically Tanzania and climbing Kili was an easy way for me to say, okay, that hits that, you know, requirement for me. So let's, let's get to it. Let's get away. I do a fair amount of international travel as well. It kind of depends on the client. So I'm in the pharmaceutical and medical device life sciences space. So obviously there's a need for that everywhere. But unfortunately, just by nature of the work, you are much more tied to either the office or the hotel room or the conference room that you'll be working with your client in at the time. So you don't really get to experience as much unless you tack on some extra days, which may or may not be available depending on the project that you're working on. So I definitely prefer to make sure that when I am taking my vacation, it is for a long time and that I can truly disconnect and, you know, turn off my cell phone, not have to worry about, you know, emails or text messages even coming in, just being able to, you know, take my pictures and enjoy the sights and sounds around me. Do you have any (laughs) memorable travel experiences or any destinations that uh, you want to talk about? Yeah, sure. So last year I did a trip um, to Thailand Um, That was another like group trip for solo travelers. I've also done trips to like Israel, Jordan, and Egypt, getting to see like Petra and, you know, a lot of the religious uh, landmarks in that region. I've also done travel to like Australia, New Zealand, doing a bit of performance there on that side of things. So getting to see a fair amount of the world, I think, given a young age. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, awesome. What What's your uh, continent count? Uh, I think I've hit them all except for Antarctica. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's, that'll be your next one, right? Antarctica? I mean, part of me is looking at like doing a marathon down there. I don't know. I, I prefer cold weather running, but that might be even too extreme for me. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe a little too cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll go into your trip to Africa with us. So tell us about that. Yeah, I consider myself definitely to be a highly prepared traveler when I go places. So I like to do a lot of research beforehand and, you know, plan for all types of adventures and misadventures. So I think in terms of like my packing checklist, I felt like I was in a really good spot. But I didn't realize was as I was looking at like the weather app, um, when I used like Kilimanjaro as my uh, reference point, how hot it was going to be. Uh earlier on and I recognize that this may be totally variable based on the time of year that you're going or um, you know the just variability of the climate in that area in that region but the first couple days were much warmer than I had anticipated obviously layers are always good but I had brought a lot more warm weather layer I should say cold weather layers to be warmer rather than warmer weather layers so like 
I had started out with like multiple pairs of pants and multiple pairs of tops. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. So it was a lot of de-layering over the course of the first couple of days um, and just getting used to what that, you know, weather would be like. And especially when you're hiking up, your body is getting warmer too. So you want to make sure that your body is being comfortable and allowing yourself to sweat properly. Um, so that was like the biggest, I think, learning for me. Um, I travel with all sorts of like meds and things to make sure that, you know, not just me, but like those that are around me, if you have like tummy troubles or if you're starting to like get blisters on your feet, you're prepped from that side of things. Um, we had an amazing group of people that were present on the trip, not just from like the Akinella, like in travel side, but like even the travelers themselves, like no one really knew anyone. Maybe they knew like one or another person, but um, going in, I think it really takes a certain type of person to be able to go onto a group trip and be able to kind of like let yourself be open to the elements and the people that are around you and accepting of what may be presented to you and those dynamics and how different they may be. We had a really great group of people from around the country everyone had, you know, different levels of experience, but was always willing to share advice and feedback and, you know, tips and tricks for things to consider for not just this trip, but even like future trips moving forward. And then I can't rave enough about the actual like Akinella groups and the guides and the chefs and everyone that was involved. I mean, I can't rave enough about the food. I was definitely worried that we were going to have like jerky <laughs> for so many of our meals. Yeah. Um, and it was nowhere near anything like that. We had, you know, full like multi-course meals for every meal the soups were fantastic and definitely hit the spot you know after a nice long day of hiking and especially at night when like the weather the temperatures would drop a bit and you know the guys coming by with like coffee or tea or milo and i don't know it's just those memories that i come back to where you're just like sitting and decompressing after every, everything that you've passed through and just saying ah this is this is this moment that I'm just like soaking in because the whole time that you're climbing, you know, it's the scenery and the microclimates, they change so dramatically. And for me being, I would say, I definitely consider myself a novice hiker. Like I am not someone that does a lot of this kind of thing all the time. It was physical. And as much as I'm an athlete and I run and I weight train and whatever, you know, you can't really prepare for altitude when you're you know, at sea level on the East Coast. So um, that was a bit of a, a surprise for me in terms of how my body reacted. But I think it was also about being open to what that experience would be like and recognizing that there's so much more to this world around you. And you start thinking about, you know, uh, for me, it was oftentimes like my family and friends back home, people that have, you know, since passed on and, you know, random things that would bring memories to mind and kind of just put you more at ease and at peace with yourself to just allow yourself to be centered in that moment and appreciate the moment and stop and smell the roses. Like for me, that's not something I often get the chance and time to do. And so I thoroughly came back very much refreshed as a result of that. That's amazing outlook to be up on the mountain and have those, those moments and those memories come up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's something to be said for when you are looking up and all of you see is just like, rocks and darkness especially like i'm thinking like on summit day or summit night because you start climbing at like midnight one in the morning and you're hoping to get to the summit by sunrise and to get to that point it is hard it is cold your ability to breathe is 
tougher at this point. Mm -hmm. But you know that, you know, pulley, pulley, one step at a time, slowly, slowly, you will make your way up. And you're surrounded by these people who believe in you and have confidence and faith in you that they will get you there. And, yeah. you know, it's as a result of that that gives you strength and keeps you going, keeps you motivated to, you know, just keep going. And the views from that day, I it still takes my breath away. That's awesome. I know you talked a lot about the hike. Do you want to go through day by day or do you want to, do you have any highlights from that? You know, I'm not going to lie, like day by day for me was like a blur of okay. what was happening each day. Like I remember um, the first couple days, definitely I was like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling this because like I said, I'm coming from sea level and then even just arriving in Tanzania, I think you're already at like 3,000 feet up or something. So without any Diamox or altitude sickness medicine on board for me, like I felt it right away. And then it was like that continual transition of, okay, let's let our body acclimate. Let's let our body acclimate. You did our safari extension after. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, the safari was fantastic. I definitely felt like I was living in the real version of The Lion King. I don't know <laughs> if anyone saw that movie afterwards, but um, we went to a few different parks, um, national parks, and this was on the, all on the Tanzania side. Okay. And it was just incredible to be able to be so close because you're in this safari vehicle, which is, I guess, like a fancy, I think it was a Toyota, but like a Land Rover type vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, and you're, the roof of the car kind of pops open, your windows are down, and you're able to just drive around this natural habitat that these animals have. And you're obviously going very slowly, but the animals aren't scared of you at all. Um, if anything, I would say like the monkeys are definitely fierce and ferocious. And so they are very friendly. They'll want to, you know, get into your vehicle and snag your lunch. I know we did have one incident where that did happen for our group. Playful, of course, but it was still a little bit scary at the time. And we saw just like so many different animals. I'm just thinking like, essentially like the Lion King, you saw, we saw a few lions. We saw like at one point the grass was really tall. I think it was in the Terengeti Park that we were at. And we saw the lioness at one point, like crawling around or I guess walking around in, in the tall grass. And then at one point, like she just disappeared. And we realized it was because she was in this grass area and the grass had just gotten taller. And we were like, well, we can't see her now, but we know that she was there. So what else are we not seeing that other, what other animals might be hidden in the grass that we might not be seeing? And, you know, it just gives you a little bit of foreboding because you realize like, there's so much that could be out here, and yet here we are. <laughs> Elephants and giraffes were just incredible. Uh, wildebeest, um, warthogs, you know, all types of different types of birds. Yeah, the, the the wildlife was just incredible. Hippos, fl uh, flamingos, mm -hmm. ostrich. Yeah, <laughs> it was just beautiful seeing them in their natural habitat, and you know how playful some of the the little ones would be the zebras I think I, I did learn that they were actually a lot more scruffy and I guess more on the brown and black side when they're babies and, and younger but it's actually as they mature that the brown kind of goes away and becomes more white and black a little fun fact for you <laughs> what was your favorite thing from I guess this whole trip this whole experience uh, it's hard to just pick one I think the recognition, there, there's definitely, of course, something to be said for getting to the summit, you know, getting to Uhuru Peak and 
giving yourself credit for having made it this far because, you know, not everyone gets to that point. And as we were, you know, making our way up, you do see, you know, the emergency helicopter um, areas or the stretchers along the way that may be used for, you know, medical emergencies. And it just gives you perspective about, you know, the difficulty and the respect that you have to have for the mountain and nature and the elements. There was also for me personally, I think, with Killy, they were telling us the story about the mountains in general. So you've got the one peak with Uhuru, but then you also have kind of like the brother peak. Um, I want to say the name was Malawi, but I'm not entirely sure on that one. Me personally, I often was thinking about like my brother and the relationship that my brother and I have. And so the relationship between the mountains and the relationship between my brother. And so as you're climbing, um, Kili, getting to Uhuru, you get to see this peak, you know, the brother peak from across the way and how close they are. And the story I think that they relayed just reminded me so much of my own brother and the relationship that I share with my brother. And it just, it warmed my heart. And so I think that that memory will always stay with me. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure the summit experience for everyone was completely different, but on like that same level, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So any advice for someone going to Africa or Mount Kilimanjaro or traveling out of the country in general? Yeah, so I would say in terms of being prepared, you of course want to make sure that all of your vaccines and um, medical history has been checked up and everything beforehand. Obviously, Mm -hmm. right now we're in the midst of like coronavirus um, precautions. And so making sure that you're taking your own proper sanitary approaches, making sure that you're, you know, bringing hand sanitizer or wipes to take care of yourself, I think is super important. Some of those, I actually brought like um, biodegradable wipes with me because mm-hmm. obviously you want to make sure that, you know, you're not leaving anything behind. You're, fi- you're trying to leave the environment better than you found it to the best of your ability. For females, I would say using hygienic pads can sometimes help in terms of when it's really cold out, you don't always necessarily want to be getting all down to your skivvies. And so it may help to have another layer of protection there of what you're changing and not changing. So I think that was very handy. Um, Layers, 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 can't stress that enough. But I do want to stress you're making sure of like, you know, are you having things that are for cold weather versus warm weather and having a good mix, I think is important comfy pair of shoes for days when you're in camp and for the time that you're in camp, I should say, because your hiking boots do, they'll wear on you (laughs) and they have additional weight and support that is provided for your ankles, but you don't always need that when you're just hanging out. Um, So making sure you have a comfy pair of shoes is is helpful. I think those are definitely the big ones for me. I never leave home without a very big pack of uh, Pepto-Bismol because you just Mm -hmm. never know how things are going to strike you. Yeah. Um, and I did, I can say, I did take the Diamox for the altitude sickness um, mm-hmm. that I anticipated having. And I think for me, it worked pretty well. I know some people have, you know, differences in terms of their reaction to it, but I would definitely encourage taking it. And if you're not able to take it, making sure that you're hydrating as much as possible, because that's what's really going to help you with that. Well, thank you. Yeah. So upcoming, what places are on your bucket list? Yeah. So few different trips on my bucket list right now. So for this year, I'm thinking, you know, based on how things look from a um, travel safety perspective, but um, I'd like to do uh, Berlin for Oktoberfest. 
okay. uh, later in the f early fall. Mm -hmm. And I'm also looking at, um, actually, I'm going out of order. So in the summer, I do have a cruise to Europe. So that's the one that's actually perhaps more dependent on um, travel safety. Yeah. Um, like I said, Berlin Oktoberfest. And then Bali, potentially, in like oh, okay. the late fall, early winter time frame. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on today. Is there anything else that you'd like to discuss or add? No, I think, you know, I hope everyone takes the opportunity to travel because I think overarchingly that is what opens up your perspectives into not just your own world, but the world around you. There's so much we can learn from the cultures of those around us and how different people are. And different doesn't necessarily mean bad. It just means different. And by knowing that, it helps increase our understanding and perceptiveness. And it's something we can bring back with us that stands with us forever. Thanks for listening to the 35,000 Feet Podcast, where we chat with interesting people doing interesting things in interesting places. Do you have a story that you want to share? Visit www.acanela.com slash podcast to share your story and be featured on our next episode of 35,000 Feet.